Awesome. Well, we're here to do episode seven of season five, Say My Name. And uh, Kelly, I've got a little sound bite to play here. Okay. That's right. Now, say my name. Goddamn right. All right, Kelly, you goddamn ready to start? I'm goddamn ready. Yes, I am. All right, this is the West Coast Project podcast for our Better Call series, and we're doing flashbacks of Breaking Bad. And like we said, we're at season five, episode seven, Say My Name, and we just heard it. Um, but Kelly, Kelly's from Breaking Bad Fun Facts and Better Call Self Fun Facts. This happens a little bit into this episode, so we'll start at the beginning. But Kelly, do you have any fun facts for us from the from the get go here? Well, I do have one. Uh, is Tom Schnauz, who went to school at NYU with Vince Gilligan, uh, they directed a, a short movie together back in the '80s, and he hasn't directed since. So he actually directed this one. Um, so you know, these these directors take on these undertakings. So really, a great episode for a brand new director, essentially. Cool. Yeah, these uh, this is actually we're approaching the end of the season, even though it's five oh seven, because this season ended at five oh eight. And lots of times these television television shows do the penultimate episode is like the most spectacular one, the second to last, has a lot of tension and drama in it, and then the last one kind of wraps things up. But you're you're right. This is really a good episode. I I, I was also shocked watching it again how how much I enjoyed it. Um, but it starts out with the meeting in the desert. It's the second meeting with Declan. He's the guy from Phoenix who's going to, he wants to buy the methylamine. Um, but this time it's not just Mike and Jesse. Walt is there and Walt's taking charge of this meeting. Yes, Walt is definitely uh, Heisenberg here. He is just gloating and completely full of himself. Right. Of course, he gets Declan to realize who he is and say his name. But before that, he offers up the deal. And I was a little worried for Walt here, Kelly, back in my first watching, that he was going to get himself into trouble here with this guy, Declan. I thought so, too. Uh, and I, I find it interesting that Declan just assumed that Gustavo was killed by the cartel. And, you know, once Mike confirmed no with that awesome shake of his head... They, I think they knew who they were dealing with. Yeah. But Walt also slightly insults Declan a little bit before he makes the deal with him. He tells him, you're playing Little League and I'm the New York Yankees and you're making some off-brand soda and I'm classic Coke. Um, then he lightens the tension a little bit with, when Declan says, what about me just knocking you off right here and eliminating all the competition? And Walt says, what's a world without classic Coke? And that gets a little grin out of Declan. Yeah, really great line. So the deal is, Walt's going to give Declan's crew 35% of what's left of that methylamine, which they've estimated to be worth about $300 million. So essentially, he calls it later $135 million that, that it's worth to Declan to, to take his offer. Pretty good deal, I think, for Declan. I think so, too. And then Mike was getting, what, $5 million as a finder's fee? So he was making out like a bandit, too. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good solution for all of the people. If Declan can swallow his pride here and not be the manufacturer and the lead man, which he seems like he's able to do, it's a it's a good deal all around. Walt gets to be the hero. Declan gets to make a pretty good profit. 
And uh, Mike gets out. Mike gets what he needs. Isn't it cute when they all all the drug dealers get along? <laughs> I love it. All Declan has to do is say his name, and we heard it, and, and then that was the credits. That was the first scene. So we come back, and Mike is getting his cash, so I guess they're back in Vominos now. Or they're, no, they're still in the desert. Declan's clan's pulling out and kind of l- fondly looking back at Walt and saying goodbye. <laughs> but they all leave, and... Um, Jesse tries to remind Walt that he's out too, and Walt kind of lets that go over his head. He's not—he doesn't want to hear Jesse saying he's out at this point. No, he's like, "Yeah, we'll talk about it later." And you can see Mike kind of looking at him like, "You're not going anywhere, kid." You know, he—he he knows that Walt's not going to let him go that easy. Yeah, I guess now they are back at Vominos, and Mike and Walt kind of say their goodbyes. Uh, Walt wants thanks. Walt's just such an ego hound. He wants thanks for every little thing he's done for Mike. And uh, Mike just wants to cut cut ties and just be rid of him. Um, and then Jesse and Mike kind of part ways. Now, this is the last time Jesse and Mike interact, isn't it, Kelly? Yes. And, and uh, in behind the scenes, Jonathan Banks, who's you know kind of a tough exterior, was getting really quite teary-eyed. You can see him tear up a little bit in the scene because you're right. This is the last time they interact. Yeah. So let's talk about this a little bit. We're, we didn't give our warning on this one, but we're we're doing these flashbacks of Breaking Bad and we have spoilers in, in these podcasts and we've already spoiled a couple things but we're going to spoil even more so if you haven't watched it you probably should watch it before you listen to the podcast in better call Saul, when we do those podcasts starting on february 8th we will have a spoiler section of course we won't really know spoilers but i guess we'll call it a we won't we'll call it like a projection sec section or a uh, an after part of this sh- each episode where we can talk about theories and stuff. But we do have spoilers in these, so beware if you listen going forward. Yeah, so I guess now we're at the car wash, and this is where Walt's uh, storing the methylamine tank. And Skylar asks what it is, and he's not really telling her much. And she's pretty worried, Kelly, that people outside of their little crew are going to want this methylamine tank and be ready to kill for it. Right, because he's really not being careful with her thoughts at all i mean bringing jesse over to the house and now he's got this huge tank at their car wash their business where they could essentially all go down and uh he's just kind of blowing her off like she doesn't have any right to ask questions yeah skylar's quietly and somewhat solemnly and and wisely warning hank i'm I'm warning hank warning walt about these things he should be aware of that might be harmful to their their operation and their lives their family and Walt's just brushing it all off. Yeah, he doesn't want to hear it. He already knows it. He's Heisenberg. Anyway, yeah, he's going to do it anyway. You're goddamn right. <laughs> so uh, next we see the lawyer and the fat lady at the bank. This was a little bit of comic relief, too, I thought. Um, he brings her a treat every time he comes in to do some bank deposits. And he's really, he's really won her over with these little snacks that he brings for her. I want those banana bacon cookies, too. Yeah, she's not going to share them with anyone. She's uh, she's stashing them all for herself. Pretty yeah, it's funny. funny. She she, uh, she mentions office politics, and it's so true that you should share. But hell with it, you know. Banana banana bacon cookies. I'm in. Yeah, I've never tried those. They sound interesting. I don't know how good they are, but they sound interesting. <laughs> what did the lawyer say? Just enough bacon to 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 pique your appetite or something. Yeah, I think his name is Dan Waxberger. Waxberger. Right, right, Dan, yeah. 
but he's there to do the safe deposit box deposits. And she opens up, not, I guess, nine plus one, ten safe deposit boxes. And she's got them all memorized. It's, that's her little game is she's got them all. I guess she's got the master key that opens everything, and then he has his own key. But she's got the nine numbers memorized. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And Except- I, get, I guess it was nine, and then there's one extra one this time. Yeah, she forgot one of them, but yeah, very telling on, you know, I mean, he's bringing her cookies. Obviously, he's there all the time paying off these people. Right. I think the one extra one is a new one because it's Mike's big payout. It's Mike's big box for for Kaylee. Yeah, because it says to Kaylee on her 18th birthday on the envelope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, would this... I made a note here, and I'm trying to remember why I made it. And I, I said to myself, would this have stayed safe in later deposits? Like, um, like I guess that was it for Mike's deposit, right? That big, that big amount, and everyone else got their fifteen thousand, and they were going to continue to get fifteen thousand monthly, I guess, or whatever, whatever on some regular time scale. Right. Um, yeah, so I wonder who was going to – I wonder how all that was going to continue. If Mike was – because Mike's planning to retire here. Who's going who's gonna to give this lawyer the money? I think they talk about it, and he says that he's going to keep paying the people. I know, but with what? Where is he going to get the money? Maybe he's got some saved, or I, they didn't really um, explain that. But he said, I'm out, and I'll continue to pay my people. So maybe he kind of had that planned. Yeah, Mike's out, but how, I just wonder, did he give the lawyer a big stash of cash somewhere and he just comes in every month with a little bit and doles it out? It's a lot of money to trust with that lawyer. Yeah, plus he got that $5 million bonus. Right. So. Anyway, it's a, it's a, a little operation that kind of explains how the, the hazard pay gets to the guys who are in jail. And then now Mike and the lawyer say their goodbyes. And Mike listens into Hank's office for one last time on the laptop out in the desert. And uh, Hank is now Hank's on the phone doing fun, fun run, fun run donation calls. What the hell? Mm-hmm. He's like the ASAC of that office, He's like the chief of that office. Why is he doing those types of phone calls? Yeah, maybe it sounds better coming from him, but I think it was the detail that he's not on to much, that he's doing these fun runs, that he's not really on to Heisenberg. You know, it's pretty just normal day at the office. Yeah, he's relegated to stupid administrative stuff and not the not the hardened criminal stuff that he kind of honed his teeth on. Right. So uh, Mike tosses that laptop into the well, and Kelly, he doesn't do anything to erase it or wipe the drive or anything first. I know he's tossing it probably into a water, deep down water well, but I would have erased that laptop first. Yeah, I guess maybe we have to assume he did, uh, or that maybe he just assumes that no one's ever going to find it way down there. But yeah, I thought that was kind of a misstep as well. Throws a bunch of guns and stuff in there, too. So he's really shutting it down. He's getting rid of all of his weapons and his tools, and he's ready to call it quits. Um, he sets up a pretty cool little go-car, like a go-bag in his go-car operation at the airport in the long-term parking. I thought that was pretty smart. Um, he's got passports and cash and a gun in this car, and then he's got the key stashed near it so that he or anyone he designates could get to the stuff, and it's in a pretty safe place. 
Yeah, he's been planning on this for a while. I mean, he knew that uh, Walter Heisenberg was going to be short-circuiting and this was all going to go to hell. And I think one reason maybe he didn't have time to erase it is because he only had that 24 hours uh, with the restraining order and the DEA's on his trail. So he's just kind of like dump and jump, per se. He doesn't really have time to be taking care of all this stuff. Did you feel like that location was safe when you saw him toss the key up on the, on like a little overhang little part there? Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be messing around up there unless they were going to power wash it or paint it. But it seemed, you know, where else would you put it, I guess? So, Kelly, what do you think his plan was? What, where was he going to go? Anywhere that you can think of? Or what was he going to do? Belize. No. Um, I don't know. They, they show that he had a passport and money and a gun and pretty much a getaway bag. Um, he could have gone anywhere, somewhere far, far away. So you think he was going to leave? He was, like, ready to say goodbye to Kaylee and everything and that was his escape? Or do you think that money, that was just in case he had to run? No, he was going, he was out of there, you know, I, I, cause it said for Kaylee's 18th birthday and, uh, if he was going anywhere, he was going to go where he couldn't get extradited back. Um, but yeah, I think he was leaving the country for sure. He couldn't stick around here. He'd get arrested. He's a cop. He knows how that works. Well, he was pretty smart though. He hid, he hid everything enough that they searched his house and they couldn't find anything. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't know that. So maybe he put two and a half million in Kaylee's box and he kept two and a half million for him to run with but that was pretty cool the way he's, he hit it in that car um, yeah. we, we see Walt cleaning the meth gear now and he Jesse shows up and he asks Jesse to start cleaning and Jesse's like hey man I want to talk to you and Walt says sure I'll talk to you and slaps the gloves in his hand like right while we're cleaning we can talk and he's really not ready to hear Jesse's uh, request to leave the operation yeah, I noticed that, too. I mean, Jesse's trying to put his foot down, and Walt keeps saying, well, you know, you can at least help me get it started. And, well, you could at least, you know, be here for a little bit. And, you know, Jesse doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He wants to get his money, which Walt's holding over his head. Yeah, Walt really pressures him here. He says, let's double down. Let's, instead of doing 50 pounds a week, let's do 100. You could have your own lab. You could be in charge of it. Um, and then he goes on to lecture him on potential. You know, what are you going to do if you don't do this? Do video games and go-karts and probably start using drugs again? You know, what are you, you going to do with your life? He really pr- pressures them here. Yeah, he also uses that tactic of you're just as good as me. So come on. And, but, you know, Jesse mentions, well, how many other people are going to die? And he says, oh, none, no one else. But, you know, Jesse's not stupid and he doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, they do. Jesse sees the hypocrisy that Walt's dropping on him and, and all this bullshit about Drew Sharp and how bad Todd is. And, you know, then they both they both kind of realize they're all as bad as Todd. They're all going to hell. Um, and he wants out. He doesn't want to continue this life anymore. Um, and Walt just says, well, that's it. You know, if you leave, you're not going to get any money. And Jesse says, well, F you, man. That's it. Then I'm, I don't care. I'm out. And he, and he leaves. Yeah. Um, so now we see the DEA meeting where Hank kind of gets in trouble here. This, this, this special agent in charge, Ramey, shuts Hank down on, on doing anything else with the Fring operation and with following Mike and all that. There's just no money in it. I really like this little scene with this, with this uh, agent, Ramey. How did, what did you think about it? 
I liked it too, and it's it's always a bad sign when you have a meeting and the head cheese says, "Hey, everyone, go ahead and disperse," but hey, you stay back. I need to talk to you. It gives you a sick feeling in your stomach. Yeah, and, um, I'm sure that Hank. You know, they know that he's had this past of chasing Heisenberg and spending a lot of money. I think he even said that he was out in the field, which wasn't even his job. Um, yeah, you could see the faces on the other people in the room when they were all asked to leave that they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. So, sorry, Hank. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but um, this guy, Ramey, had a great, great argument. I, I really like this. And I like that they showed that law enforcement exists in a financial world just like we all do. There's budgets. You can't just keep doing something because you're a cop forever. There's only a certain amount of money. You can't be paying overtime to people. You can't use resources to do something you want to do. There's a certain amount of money. And then there's other crimes happening in the world, too, that he has a responsibility to to solve. Right. So, so he shuts it down. Fring's over. Emerson Trout's over. Your budget is zero now for for this operation. Is that clear? Pretty much pretty much makes it clear to Hank that you've got to move on from this. Right. Yeah, so Gummy and Hank talk after that that video conference is over, and there's nothing new coming from Mike or Fring's crew. Mike's really shut it down enough that they can't find more dope on him. And uh, they realize that somebody's got to keep paying these guys to keep quiet in prison, and how could that happen? And they decide to watch The Lawyer. Of course, that that guy Daniel Walkberg we just talked about. Well, I guess they're tipped onto that because all nine guys in jail have the same lawyer, and it's him. Right, and no matter what they say, no matter how much they dangle that carrot, none of them will budge. So they're like, we they either have the most loyal crew we've ever encountered, or someone keeps paying them. Yeah. So Hank shows a little bit more about how he's a renegade and says, "Well, screw." Ramey, you follow this lawyer, Gomi. I don't care what Ramey just said. I'm going to put my neck on the line. And he tells Gomi to follow the lawyer. So now Walt has a new cook partner, Kelly. It's Todd. Yay, Uh, Todd. (laughs) Anyone would look goofy in those yellow outfits, but Todd looks especially goofy. He looks really out of place in this this role as as a meth cook. He really does, and you can tell he's intimidated by Walt, and he's trying to learn, and funny that Walt would use him, you know, just to kind of replace Jesse with another Jesse, per se. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of surprised, but it makes sense that they would use Todd. Makes sense. I mean, they show a pretty cool cook montage where Todd's really trying really hard. It's pretty apparent he's not very good at it. But he's trying super hard, and he doesn't even want to get paid until he's got it down where he can actually be helpful. So he kind of wins Walt over, I think. Yeah, I think that was impressive to Walt, saying, well, I don't even want to get paid till I learn how to do this. Um, I think Walt really saw something in him there. Yeah, so we're going to see the lawyer again, and now it's with Cake Pops. (laughs) With uh, little faces on them, I guess. But the the lady at the bank's a little less enthusiastic this time. Yeah, before we pass up the cake pops, if you pause the screen and look at them, there are some of the characters. There's one with a Heisenberg hat. There's a Jesse. Um, so for the people listening, if you 
if you go back and watch that, it's pretty funny that there's some characters there. Oh, that's awesome. I mm-hmm. didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but she's a little less enthusiastic because somebody's probably knocked on her door and told her that she should just stack calm and not tip anything off. And then Gomi shows up as the lawyer, Dan, is loading up the safe deposit boxes. And Gomi has the most I caught you shitting and grin on his face we've seen so far from him. Yeah, I really like this scene with him. The fact that, you know, Hank's not there and he's just standing there in the front like you are so busted. He really does look like he belongs in in that role as a DEA agent. Yeah, that was was good. But that made my stomach drop like, oh, shit, there's trouble, trouble coming. So next we go to the White House and they're eating dinner. Um, Skylar's eating her typical dinner of wine. (laughs) Uh, Walt's eating his dinner of TV, TV dinner. It didn't look like they were having very uh, a very enjoyable time, Kelly. Why do they even bother with this appearance of dining together? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe to keep some normalcy for Walt Jr., but uh, Walt Jr.'s not there, actually. He's at Marie's. Yeah, it was like one, so. just one big play act. It wasn't, there wasn't any sincerity or warmth or enjoyment of it at all. It was just miserable. Right. All right, we go back to Walt and Hank at Hank's office, and there's some more crying. <laughs> um, Walt needs some time to get the bugs out of the office that he used when he cried last time to put in. And Hank's more than happy to leave for a minute just to get the hell away from him when he does this crying jag. Yeah, I like how he's like, do you have any coffee? And he's like, yep, 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 I got it. You want cream? Like, yeah, he's, if you remember way back when Skylar was crying uh, about the water closet and how he was wanting Marie and her to mend fences and she started crying and he did an air hug around her. Like, he is so not an affectionate kind of guy. He's just all man. He's an affectionate guy. He just doesn't know how to show it. He's not comfortable showing it. But yeah, that was. I remember that hug. It was like, ooh, just stop, stop crying, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And there's a montage of this Craddock Bank, this bank where lawyer Dan was bringing all the cash on a big board in in Hank's office there, and Walt kind of notices it. Um, and then he he does get the bugs out, but as Hank comes back in with the coffee, Gomi comes up and he kind of says, the lawyer's going to flip and give them Mike. He's going to turn on the operation and give up Mike. So Walt's on to this now. Walt knows he not, he needs to get a hold of Mike and tell him right away. Right, yeah. It's just a ha- the timing is perfect that he happened to be standing there and and heard that really intricate piece of information. So, Kelly, this next scene with Mike, because so the Warren Mike, he calls and Mike's at the park again with Kaylee. This scene was confusing to me when I first saw it, and it actually still is a little bit, um, Kelly. Would Blank ever leave Kaylee and just walk away and leave her in the park while he he escapes? Does that seem believable? Well, that's what I had mentioned uh, before kind of prematurely, is that Jonathan Banks didn't, didn't agree with that. Uh, that he would leave her in the park. He would never leave the granddaughter. But if you think about the alternative, it's basically he can stay there and get busted and she'll never get her money, I guess, or no, because they took that money. But he could either flee or get caught, and I think he just decided he had to go. I guess. I guess leaving her is better than having her see him get handcuffed and thrown in a car and dragged away. 
Plus, he didn't want to get caught. I mean, yeah, she's, you know, she's not a five-year-old. I think the cops would have eventually figured out, you know, and walked her home. They were probably across the street somewhere. So the thought of him being in jail for the rest of his life versus leaving her in the park, you know, I would have. Yes, I get. And Mike could have called the girl's mom and said, "Hey, I, I got an emergency. You got to come get her right away." Yeah, I don't know. Those cops were kind of descending upon him pretty hard, and it's weird because the lawyer called and seemed kind of suspicious. And Mike was more than happy to tell him like exactly where he was. So. I guess he wasn't tipped off until Walt called him that he really had to get out of there. Yeah, that was too true. That was another failure by Mike kind of telling Waksberg exactly where he was. It sounded really suspicious, too, the way Waksberg called him. Um, but anyway, so another little unbelievable thing was the, the way the cops pulled up. Like, they don't see the guy lurking behind the tree, Mike, stepping behind the tree. They were kind of right in, he was right in the line of sight. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess know. he had to get away. I mean, he it was probably, I mean, he's a cop. He probably knows it's better to hide in plain sight and just be cool than to run off. Then you're drawing attention to yourself. Yeah, and it wasn't like Gomi or Hank pulling up. It was just the ABQ PD. They pr- probably just said, look for some guy trying to run away or something. So you're probably right. Yeah. Um. So Mike calls Saul while Walt and Jesse are there, and they try to figure out what to do. Mike wants his go-car, his go-bag from the go-car, and they agree to get it to him, but um, they go through a little process of trying to figure out how to get it to him. Um, Mike wants Saul to bring it to him. Walt offers to bring it, or Jesse offers to bring it, and then Walt does bring it. Um, Kelly, do you think Walt had intentions at this point to do Mike any harm? Or yeah. to get, get those names? Absolutely. Yep, because Saul couldn't do it. He's too high profile. And then Jesse could have easily done it. But then Walt cut him off and said, oh, well, you're out. You can't do it. And um, 100% Mike or Walt knew that if they were going to flip, Mike's got a trail. And those nine people are weighing heavily on his freedom that, yeah, he was definitely going to take him out. So if Jesse or Saul would have brought him the go bag, he would have gotten away, and then Walt would have never, they would have never gotten to the nine guys. Yeah, because now that if, you know, now that Mike's taking off, you know, we talked about how are they going to pay these guys, and are they going to flip? So he really had no choice. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting what happens next. So Walt does bring the bag, and Mike's hiding out in this beautiful little desert forest oasis. Really unusual looking part when you think of New Mexico, you don't think of a beautiful flowing stream and a forest, but it was kind of an oasis type place. I remember listening to the Breaking Bad Insider podcast, and they talked about it, and somebody in their staff had found this location. Yeah, it's off the Rio Grande, and actually, we did look for it, but it's really hard to find. Um, but there are areas that look exactly like that that you that saw. All, yeah, they're all plush and pretty and. Uh, but that particular place, um, I don't think very many people have been successful finding it, but we did look. Cool. So, yeah, they do argue, Walt and Mike, a little bit of uh, ego goes back and forth. And Walt does want the nine names, and Mike's not willing to give them. Um, and Mike, or Walt has taken the gun out of the bag, too. I guess we should mention that. Mike notices that when he gets in his car. And then the next thing you know, Walt walks up and shoots through the window and shoots Mike in the kind of gut gut shots him 
Um, and Mike drives away a little bit. I remember thinking when I first saw this, like, oh, my God, hope, hopefully he's not really dead. He can get away. But he smashes into a rock after about 30, 40 yards and then walks down to that river. Well, you could look at the uh, look on Walt's face when he drove off, like, oh, shit, like maybe I just, you know, barely wounded him. But there's a couple things here uh, that I want the listeners to look for next time is that when it shows Walt, Walking, there's a bloody handprint on the rock, uh, and I hadn't noticed it. But I guess they had tried to put a bunch of blood there to make it look like he was bleeding, bleeding profusely. But if you look, there's a handprint there uh, from when he's, you know, probably helping himself down the rocks. Okay. And um, another thing too about Jonathan Banks is that Vince Gilligan, you know, he's had to tell a lot of people that they're gonna get killed off. But with with uh, Jonathan Banks, he told him at Aaron Paul's engagement party that he was going to die because he said he wanted to have people around when he told him. But, uh, you know, that can never be an easy job telling people they're going to get killed off the show. Yeah. I would have been upset if I was Jonathan Banks, too, having to leave the show. But he still had a pretty good run, and they all knew at this point there was only one more season. Uh, so right. it's not so bad. It's not like getting killed in the first season when you don't know when it's going to end. Yeah. But they had to know that it would be cool to be in the last season. I guess it was a little bit heartbreaking for him to leave. Yeah. But uh, the other look on Walt's face as a character in the scene is Walt lo- looks like he almost instantly regrets this. Uh, he's uh, He finds Mike down on the banks of the river, Jonathan Banks on the river banks, but he apologizes right away and he says, gosh, I'm sorry, I guess I could have gotten those names from Lydia. Um, and then it, then they have some really poetic kind of photography and it's kind of quiet. The river flows and Mike's life flows away and it's all really sad looking and it's kind of sun setting on the, on the shimmering on the surface of the river. Pretty cool though, pretty cool way for Mike to pass out of the show. I, I really liked it, and I really liked that they kept Walt as narcissistic as always, as this man is dying and wants to probably think of his granddaughter and his life, and Walt's making it about himself, like, oh, I guess I could have asked Lydia, and Mike has to say, shut the fuck up, Walter, and let me die in peace. You know, like, the guy's dying. You don't need to be talking about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool, though. I like how they did it. So, yeah, gorgeous. So, and that's how this one ends, and uh, some some facts about this episode. It was the most watched episode at the time, with almost three million viewers watching it. Wow. Um, and the, and the one that passed it, with more viewers watching it, was the beginning of the second half of season five, uh, Blood Money, which had almost twice as many viewers watching it. So it's interesting to me that they they had really built up the viewership of the show by the time this episode ended, and then. All these people caught up, Kelly, between the end of first half of season five to the beginning of the second half, and it had twice as many viewers by that point. I'm thinking that it was on Netflix um, at that time, not the last season, but I think as the you know the word started getting around that people probably binge watched it, including myself. Yes, yes, Netflix saved this show from just being a moderately popular show. And Netflix reinvented the whole model of how people watch television with this show by mm-hmm. binge watching and catching up and hearing from other people. Hey, you got to check this show out. It's so good. And oh, by the way, you can watch four of them in an evening if you want. <laughs> right. It's a it's a great model. 
So did you have any more fun facts? Because I got a couple. I found a couple fun facts that I've just been reading up about the show. Uh, not, uh, no. Well, I guess I don't have too much, but one, the Kaylee's safe deposit box was number 603, which is the area code for New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Um, and that's about it. There's a couple other silly little ones. There's actually a lot of uh, fun facts at the end of the eighth episode, which we'll do next time, uh, gliding over all. Um, so until then, Kelly, we'll uh, set this one to rest. This was a great episode. Um, say my name. Yeah, and we're at the top of the roller coaster. I think we're ready to go down into that climatic, climatic hill because the next one is just on fire. So this is the West Coast Project podcast for Better Call Saul. Kelly, your websites are what and how do people find them? Uh, they can go to Instagram and I'm Breaking Bad Fun Facts or Better Call Saul Fun Facts. Or if you prefer Facebook, it's Breaking Bad Fun Facts on uh, Facebook as well. All right, and my Twitter handle is at scathing tweets. And Kelly, what's yours? BRBA underscore fun facts. All right, that's it. I'll see you next time on Gliding Overall. All right, looking forward to it. Bye. Bye.